0: it's amazing to have justin Jesso with us today this is faith in media's podcast for christians in media justin thank you so much for joining today how are you it is i imagine a different time zone that you're in tell us a little bit about where you are um and and how you've been doing because I believe I'm not the first interview in a long line of interviews
1: well first of all Carla thank you for having me you may not be the first but you are so far my favorite (laughs) Uh, I will take it thank you (laughs) uh I'm in London I've been in London since Monday I've been uh all over Europe this summer I've been on tour since June 22nd funnily enough my first stop on my tour was the Sound of Freedom premiere Uh, in Miami which happened on June 22nd
0: Mm. and then
1: after that I did a couple of gigs in the states and then popped over to Europe um, for my first my first stop was Lollapalooza Sweden uh, Uh where I played with my 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 DJ buddy Kygo Uh, and this summer has been a combination of Sound of Freedom premieres and events uh Mm -hmm. my own tour dates and festivals and traveling with uh my dj buddy Kaigo and and doing shows with him and uh we're almost at the tail end i almost get to go home to la where Uh i'm from um but i i love being on tour and abroad and london is one of my favorite places so i'm very happy to be here where
0: are you i'm also in the uk funnily enough (laughs) why you're here. I'm actually based uh, just outside of London towards the Borough of Reading so kind of a little bit away from where London is away from the bustle. Oh great. Um, But it's so great to have you here and you've already spoken about obviously your connection is with the Sound of Freedom film that is coming into our cinema shortly. A a huge important uh, powerful moving story featuring Jim Caviezel. Um, one, I think that probably is gonna be a little bit of a historical landmark in some ways. How did it feel to be connected with this project?
1: Honestly, I'm just honored to be connected with the project. You know, for me, what happened was I I, I got a call from my buddy, Fernando Garibay, who's a, who's a fantastic music producer. He's worked with Lady Gaga and U2 mm. and a bunch, he's worked with everybody and and he's a good friend of mine and we've worked on a bunch of different records together and he started talking to the angel studios group um and called me out of the blue one day and said okay justin i i have these friends they have this movie and they need an end title credit theme song and i just i know you and i can write it and we don't have much time but and i I was busy i was sick i was just getting ready to go on tour and didn't really have any time and he goes Justin, just just watch the movie just just watch it and you're gonna want to write this theme song and so he sends me the movie and i'm like okay okay and i'm like half falling asleep and i I'm start i push play on the movie and i'm glued to it and wow. so i watch the movie and then i watch it again and i call him and i'm like okay i'm coming into the studio tomorrow we have to write this song uh so that's how it started. And uh, I got to the studio and I said, okay, this this song needs to have four things. It needs to speak to the kids and give them hope. It needs to speak to the traffickers saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find you and give them fear. It needs to speak to love and it needs mm-hmm. to speak to faith. And if mm-hmm. we can nail those four things, then I think we'll have the end title credit track for this film. So we did that. We wrote the song We sent it that night to the Angel Studios team who circulated it to the creative team. Everybody fell in love with the song and they (laughs) had already sent the hard drives with the film out to the theaters. So they did a 48 hour recall, recalled all of the hard drives, put the song, the movie with the song back on the hard drives and reset them out. And everybody thought, that they were crazy for doing this, but that's what they did because they believed in the song wow. so much.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to the song. I had to listen to it a couple of times. It sounds interesting in the way that you describe when you first encountered the film and had to like rewatch it to really allow it yeah. to like, hold on, did I just see what I just saw? I feel the same yeah. way about listening to your song. It, there Thank is so, It, it alludes to such a depth of connection with what's happening there. And I love that you actually shared that it's it has these four components like components to how you structured it and it sounds so definite it sounds like you knew exactly what needed to be communicated through it um kind of what was the inspiration you mentioned that you wrote the song for the film but what did you draw from to actually kind of formulate what became what is now the song the sound of freedom
1: honestly so much of it was derived from the film i mean we had References of of you know we listen to a bunch of other movie soundtrack songs we listen to Rihanna we listen to mm-hmm. um, you know one of, one of the things that we talked about was because we wanted it to hit these four points how do we write a song that says four things at once yeah. you know and and one of the one of the thoughts we had was um, every breath you take right because that song. It can be interpreted many different ways, and so we loved the idea that it could be a love song, but it could also be a little bit scary. But it could also be so. We we talked about how to kind of convey that message lyrically, and then musically, mm. we wanted it to have this haunting um, tie-in to the to and gravitas to the movie. We didn't we wouldn't yeah. you know we we didn't want to do a disservice to the message. We wanted to amplify. Oh. Uh, and capture the message. And one of my favorite things that 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 um, I believe is somebody on the Angel Studios team told me was what they love about the song is you watch this movie for two hours and you're taken by the message, which is first of all the awareness that child trafficking is happening which i didn't have the awareness that child trafficking was happening at the scale that it's happening and then the idea that we need to do something about it and we need to continue to raise awareness and all of that happens when you watch the film Mm. and then you walk away from the film and you go about your day and you know you you forget right you you just kind of go about your your day and and this experience that you had gets smaller and smaller in the background and then you hear this song and in two and a half minutes. It brings you back emotionally to the place that you were when you watch the movie for two and a half hours. Uh-huh. And it's that little reminder that makes you go, Oh, right. This is important. We need to do something about this. There are kids out there who are, who are being taken. And that's what I love about this song and the message and the way that we structured it is it brings you back in two minutes to the emotionality that you felt watching the movie. And it's that little reminder and that little spark.
0: And that is not an easy feat to to have achieved. And I think that you guys, you, whoever you collaborated with, have really bullseyed with that purpose and you've landed on that. How did you manage to condense? Like you said, this movie is so huge. It's two and a half hours yeah. and you've made, been able to condense it and actually find a way to to kind of linger onto the watcher or linger onto the audience of it by just listening to the song. It reminds them, takes them straight back there. That is a skill that I think not many songwriters or singers or artists, I think they desire to have it, but I can definitely feel that you've achieved that. Is that something that you. you feel is something that you have kind of taught yourself to do? Or is it just something that it just has to be there in the moment to be able to capture it as an artist who writes for something like like a film like this?
1: I, I think it's, you know, some of it is just, I've been, I started off as a songwriter, right? So mm-hmm. I started off writing songs for Ricky Martin and Maluma and the Backstreet Boys and, and DJs like Armin Van Buren and Kaigo. So, you know, some of it is just, this is what I've been doing for, for a long time and, and trying to get into that place is, is uh, you know, important to, to get the song across and get truth in the song. But also it comes mm-hmm. down to good collaborators. And, you know, Fernando Garibay is a genius and I was lucky enough to work with him on this as, as he mm, brought me yeah. in and um, his guys, Danny and Miro are fantastic. So the four of us sat in that room and we created this thing and, you know, it was really, it, it was really Fernando creating the space for us to do that work
0: um,
1: that, yeah. you know, and, and being the guide for the work that allowed us to to ultimately get there and, and then you know once he can guide and point me in the right direction, then I can go and say, okay, mm. I know how to execute this. Mm. Um, you mm. know both from a for, both from a writing standpoint and a performance standpoint, but it, but it really is the the collaborative effort of the right people um, that, that know what they're doing that that kind of allows us to get there. Isn't it amazing And, and then, how- and then yeah. we hope that we did, right because we just kind of do it.
0: Absolutely. But isn't that, I, and I think that you guys have done an incredible job listening to the song and seeing how the combination even with the, the film visuals that has now been made into the, the official, um, music video, that combination, it's, it's one, it's just sparking off each other. Isn't it amazing how powerful collaboration can be? It's one of my favorite things. I just wanted to say is what well, you, you mentioned that you come from a lineage of musicians and artists as well. This is in the DNA. Yeah. Do you feel like coming from such an extensive background of family members who have been musicians at key points in history, that really has been the largest influence out of the kind of like the formation of your career? Would you say there's something else going on there too?
1: No, funnily enough, I, I don't even, I don't even credit it out. So I think what you're referring to is my great grandfather, who's yes. name I took. Uh, Gesso. Yeah. Yeah. My my great grandfather, uh, was his nickname was Gesso and he was a band leader in the twenties in Chicago who used to play piano for Al Capone. And, uh, then he was a teacher and he also had a jazz band and I never met him. Um, but I've always been fascinated by him, you know, as I feel a bit of like, you know, (laughs) not, not that I believe or disbelieve in reincarnation, but there's definitely, you know, I'm the I'm the in my family. I'm the one who carries on that legacy of, of music. Um, and, he, you know, he was never a famous musician. He was he mm-hmm. was just a musician in Chicago who may or may not have had mob connections <laughs> and, uh, you know, may or may not have seen some things. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I was just always, I was the kid who went for the, the toy microphone over the, over the toy football and, and music has always been fascinating to me and performance has always been fascinating to me. And, and, you know, I had really great champions in my parents, particularly my mother who saw Mm -hmm. it and went, oh, okay, this is, this is who he is. And in a very Mm -hmm. unstage mom way, and in a very (laughs) supportive way, pushed me towards Uh, music and writing and theater and stage and film and, Mm -hmm. you know, and the arts and, and, uh, but at the same time, kept me away from it in a professional capacity until I was older, um, which at the time I resented (laughs) because like I booked, you know, a national tour and then I book a TV show and, and, uh, you know, (laughs) when I was nine and, you know, she was like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing any of that. We're going to keep you in Chicago and you're going to be a kid. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I'm really, I'm really grateful that she that she did that because I think that my life would be, you know, quite different and and I'd be quite confused now if I didn't have that really solid upbringing with with amazing friends and amazing structure and amazing family and you know,
0: that's incredible. And to have had your gifts identified by someone to champion it for the long haul, I think we need more people like that just in general because many of us are big dream carriers. But it always takes, yeah. I like to describe a village to get everybody to their destination. No one yeah. really gets to go there alone. I, yeah. I, I wanted to ask in terms of this, your music clearly from the example of this song alone for the film of Sound of Freedom is just so powerful. When you became an artist and it became such a part of you and your identity, did you imagine kind of the impact that your music would have or was it always maybe just about no. the ability to have the creative space?
1: No, I had no idea. And um my favorite thing in the, and the reason I do it now and the thing that keeps me going is the reaction that I get mm-hmm. um, from others that have listened to the music and, and hearing how it affects them. And what's so crazy is everybody has their own experience with it right. and it affects people differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, for example, I, I have a song called 400 trillion. That's um, I wrote it about a relationship. And uh, it's about how there's a one in the 400 trillion chance that we're alive. And, that, that's, that that chance is so infinitesimally small that mm. when you find love, you have to cherish it and tell the people that you love, that you love them. And so mm. I, I wrote the song, I, I put it out and I get this DM from this woman. She's a mom who has a 10-year-old son who's autistic. <laughs> and she writes me and she says, 400 Trillion is my son's favorite song. I played it for him and he was really fascinated by the numbers because... he relates to numbers, but, um, you know, he, because he's autistic, he has trouble connecting his words and his feelings. Mm -hmm. So he's 10 years old and he's never said, I love you to his mother. And she said, well, I had just kind of resigned myself to understanding that he may never tell me that he loves me, even though I know that he does. And so she said, and then I played him four hundred trillion, and he was fascinated by the numbers. So he dove right in and he asked me what it was about. And she told him, well, it's about if there's a one in 400 trillion chance that we're alive. And because that is such a small number, mm. you know, or it's such a big number, but it's such a small chance that we actually exist. We yeah. have to be excited to exist as the unique individual that we are. And when we have love in our life, we have to tell the people that we love, that we love them. Yeah. And he looked up at his mom and he said, I love you, mom.
0: I can't I would have broken down and cried hearing that. How did you cope with that?
1: Oh, with tears Honestly. <laughs> like, well, I mean i and now I've told the story a couple of times, but when i when I did it the first when I t- told the story the first twenty times, like I couldn't get through it without absolutely wow. just breaking down and and you know she said when she's writing it, she's like tears are streaming down my face as I write this now because and now I'm gonna go there because <laughs> i I waited ten years to hear that, and thank you so much because you were song was the little, literal neural link for my son to understand mm. what love is and mm. how to connect it and say it and like that is more mind-blowing to me uh, than anything I've ever experienced in my entire life uh, I think and, music and, has yeah. this
0: doesn't it it is such a powerful tool that it provides language it it gives people space to feel things that they don't really understand yeah about the complexities of like just being human and existing in this very strange world, if I may say. Um, And I think to have your voice and you allowing yourself to be part of, should I say the machine that allows people to do that is incredible. And what a wonderful gift and a space and a privilege to occupy what next for Justin Justo after this is obviously a very big moment, you know, I think in your career and having your voice on a film like this, what what do you feel comes next for you having this experience yourself? And what do you think kind of developing as an artist yourself, do you foresee coming from this experience?
1: Yeah. So, so I'm working on an album. Um, so that's going to be coming together, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, uh, I will have all of the songs because I've been working on it for a while now and have gone into a couple of deep emotional holes to, to get some things out. That, <laughs> oh, that isn't I it always,
0: known. it's like giving birth. I'm sorry. I know that's probably oh a, really, a strange thing to say, yeah. but you are birthing something that comes from so deep within. It's just, it's crazy. I, and those that do not uh, kind of occupy the creative space will never really know until you hear it from someone like yourself.
1: Right. You know, it's, <laughs> um, so, so I'm working on an album. I should start that rollout plan before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, this movie is still doing its thing. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see where, where all of that goes. Uh, I'm still on tour for the summer. So after uh, this tomorrow, I head to Norway to do a show uh, in Tromso with Kaigo, And then we fly to Ibiza to do our, our last day of our Ibiza residency in uh, Spain. Or Ibiza, as I'm supposed to say. <laughs> Uh, and, and then I go home to, well, I, we're talking to them about getting me to the Mexico premiere, which might stop me. <laughs> no Uh, so we're, we're talking, it's a lot of this, it's a lot of flying back and forth. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I finally get to go home to LA where I live. Uh, and on the third, I'm performing at the Hollywood bowl for the first time with my friend, Michael Bolton, who I have a song with. Um, uh-huh. so, so that's the immediate, uh, and then I'm moving house. So. So I have a week to do that, and then my parents come in, and then and and then my best friend comes in to my new house, and then I want to take a week off and sleep because I've been. Please do
0: that. I'm exhausted just listening to this itinerary. Yeah,
1: and, wow. and then there's a couple of premieres for for Sound of Freedom, and and then there's a, you know a couple of different places I need to be, and and then by October I'm probably back on the road. Amazing. Justin, this yeah. has been such
0: a privilege talking to you and thank you for sharing both your story, sharing also just the impact of what this film has done for you as an individual and as an artist. Um, and yeah. it's been inspiring to hear that you've been willing to put yourself in this space to be part of something so powerful that is, I believe will continue to create waves around the world with what it's doing and it's impact. Well, Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully. So thank you so I mean- much for being with us. This is amazing. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you
1: for championing Sound of Freedom because it's, it is an incredibly important message and we need to spread awareness about child trafficking. It's something I didn't know until I watched the film. Mm. And uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing to me what an impact we can have and will have if we continue to spread the word and we continue to have awareness about it.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. God bless, Justin. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Carla. I'll talk to you soon.